0: This is A Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast, featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. On November 2nd, Kansas voters will elect our 46th governor to replace Mark Parkinson, who took office in April 2009 after Governor Sibelius accepted a position in President Obama's cabinet. It's interesting to compare and contrast the issues currently being debated with those that were considered most important in past administrations. Dr. Bob Beatty, a professor of political science at Washburn University, conducted interviews from 2004 to 2008 with former governors for the Kansas Governor's Recorded History and Documentary Project, and these interviews are the basis of a series of articles published in Kansas History Magazine. Dr. Beatty recorded two interviews with John Carlin, who held office from January 8, 1979 to January 12, 1987. This podcast features excerpts from the second interview on March 10, 2008. In 1978, in a surprise upset, John Carlin defeated the Republican incumbent governor, Robert Bennett, in his bid for re-election. In this interview, Carlin recalls that Bennett won not because he was a popular choice, but because his Democratic opponent was Vern Miller, the controversial Wichita sheriff and Kansas attorney general from 1971 to 1975. Miller once sprung from the trunk of a car to make an arrest in an undercover operation. He made national news in 1971 when he personally led 154 police in an early morning drug raid through the student apartments and dormitories in Lawrence. He also enforced Kansas prohibition laws that forbade the sale of liquor by the drink against Amtrak trains and airplanes passing through Kansas. In 1986, during the Carlin administration, the prohibition on open saloons in Kansas was repealed by popular vote, allowing bars in Kansas for the first time since 1880, though many Kansas counties remain dry to this day. Well, I
1: think it starts with his election, beating Vern Miller. Okay. And, uh, you know, Vern Miller should have defeated him. Because he was following a very popular uh, Democrat in Bob Docking. He was well known. He was the Attorney General. Uh, and Bennett was not popular. You'll have to research the Republican primary, but I mean, it wasn't like we all want Bob Bennett. Mm-hmm. Bob Bennett's Johnson County. He's a lawyer. He's an aristocrat. <coughs> Wears a beard. Has a beard. And, uh, You know, uh, not your ideal candidate for rural Mm -hmm. Kansas and western Kansas in particular, okay? Uh, But Byrne is, you know, his own worst enemy, jumping out of (laughs) car trunks and trying to keep the planes from selling liquor when they were flying over, that sort of thing. And, And it finally just got to... A point where Bennett was able to beat him in a close election. As a quick aside. Do you think that TV ad of Bennett was a, sort of a a classic TV ad? The one where he had the, the music and uh, showed our Keystone Cop guy jumping out of the trunk. We saw that when we did our research. Well, first I, I time would, we'd seen. I don't remember or, the ad, but I would imagine it my showed the yes, sort of guy jumping out of the trunk. Because truck. it did. Uh, it was it was kind of one of those issues that people understood. And they were a little embarrassed by an attorney general that acted so... Yes. Now, Byrne, uh, you know, those two or three things aside, Byrne was a very popular attorney general. And, uh, but anyway, so, you know, your, your question is how could, he, how could he lose? What did he do? Well, I think it starts with the fact that he didn't come in as a really popular governor. Okay? Secondly... Uh, He didn't do anything during his four years to uh, kind of, you know, I don't know this. I don't think they sat down and said, you know, we're kind of lucky. Now, what do we need to do so in four years, you know, what is it we need to do? Mm -hmm. As, As an observer, I couldn't see that they were doing anything. He was still kind of that aristocrat down there that was proud of the fact that he was smarter than anybody else and and he was very very smart let's face it uh but that isn't the kind of approach you need to take and um you know he he just kind of you know there were people calling for him to shave his beard and he just kind of put the beard in the face and said you're not going to see me doing that um And so uh, he remained sort of a respected but not really loved politician.
0: Carlin ran for a third non-consecutive term as governor in 1990 in one of the most interesting Democratic primary races in Kansas history. The winner by less than 2,000 votes was Joan Finney, who became the first woman governor of Kansas, and at 65 years old, the oldest. Like Carlin, she defeated a Republican incumbent, Governor Mike Hayden. Carlin points out that ironically, Hayden's popularity was badly damaged by the property tax amendment that passed while Carlin was governor, which was implemented during Hayden's administration. Before the property amendment, a house was not reappraised and taxes were not raised until it was sold, so the brunt of property taxes fell on new home buyers and people who moved. Joan Finney supported initiative and referendum which would allow voters who were able to gather enough signatures to put an issue to popular vote and amend the state constitution or laws. An example was California Proposition 13, which set property taxes at no more than 1% of a house's appraised value and capped annual tax increases. Carlin didn't realize how much Finney's simple, grassroots approach resonated with the voters. He totally underestimated, in his words a woman that had gone to every damn bean feed for 16 or 20 years that the Democratic Party had ever held in the state of Kansas. Ultimately, initiative and referendum was not implemented in Kansas. The third candidate in the 1990 Democratic gubernatorial primary was Baptist Minister Fred Phelps, who emphasized Carlin's responsibility for the repeal of Kansas' liquor-by-the-drink laws. He was not yet in the national spotlight because of his church's pickets of the funerals of homosexuals and U.S. servicemen and women. The Phelps family actively campaigned for mainstream Democratic Party candidates, such as Al Gore, as late as 1988. Phelps garnered close to 7% of the vote in the primary.
1: account that I wasn't responding. I mean, why would I have to respond to Fred Phelps? Why would I have to respond to a very nice lady but one never involved in issues beyond an initiative referendum? Why would I? Even though she's likable, loved by Democrats. Well, voters understood. Anyway, this night at this church, they're both going after me. But Fred Phelps' attack is, John, I love you like a brother. But you know, on uh, liquor by the drink, uh, in particular, didn't get into the gay issue. It, but it was... Uh, they were starting a little bit. That, but He didn't bring that out in the campaign. But he did the, the alcohol issue. And so, you know, every death on the highways of Kansas, it's your fault. John. And the people of Kansas need to remember that. He's the one that has brought us all these alcohol problems. We wouldn't have. Oh, so you presided over the reform of... Yeah, was like was one was I was Liquor how by the drink. I said liquor by the drink. It was one I pushed through and literally pushed through. Uh, and I debated uh, Reverend Taylor uh, on that in that 86 campaign. You know, I went out to Beloit and one of the Chautauqua kind of revisits in the tent, you know, with, was significantly covered. But anyway, I'm... Fred Phelps that night at the Hutchinson Church says, I love you like, John, I love you like a brother, but you're just as dumb as shit on this. Pardon? Me not to take that <laughs> no. out. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and it's ripped me, you know, just ripped me. But it was over and over the standard, John, I love you like a brother. <laughs> so at the end of the debate, I have my 90 seconds to wrap up. And I turn to Fred and I say, Fred, you know, we got a lot of these to go. You know, this is maybe June. We got a lot of these to go. And I said, if you keep... Oh, I love you like a brother. By the time it gets to the election, people are going to start getting a little suspicious about (laughs) our (laughs) relationship. He went wide as a sheet and had no response. It's good that you picked that one and not Cain versus Abel. (laughs) Anyway, that was one of my great moments (laughs) with Fred Floss. Oh, that that is great. That is um, (laughs) great. Uh, his, uh, he's gone from that position he took then to I think just literally hating me. But one of my experiences with the, the, in a more contemporary time was Reagan's funeral in Washington. And um, the service at the cathedral. Huge, huge crowd. Huge, huge security because we got every foreign dignitary, whatever. And... Um, because of the archives and the Reagan Library, I, you know, it was important that I attend. And I, wa- I wanted to. It was not a... So I attended, and, and after it's over, it's just chaos uh, in terms of people leaving. you got security trying to get all the important people out, and et cetera, et cetera. And my wife and I are trying to figure a better route back to the car because, I mean, we had to walk a long, long, long ways. So we're walking along this street, and out of the corner of my eye, I see those frickin' signs. (laughs) And they're singing it's a new it was a, it was my first experience to the the, song? To the vocal yeah although I, You're I right. You're I'm right. not surprised because back when they were in good standing with the Democrats they were always an important part of entertainment <laughs> I mean the the, the, the Phelps girls, singing at, at, at Democratic Washington Days was uh-huh. standard in the 80s. Oh my God. Standard. I mean, you know, that's they were very, that very talented. Oh, yeah. They are very talented. They still are. They're on YouTube. The new one. It's I, the so. ones. I yes. so. singing their songs. I mean, they were very, very good. And and so, I see them out of the corner of their eye and they're singing. And I'm not kidding. And it sounds unbelievable. Oh, yeah. They work, John Carlin into the lyrics because they saw me coming down the street. <laughs> I mean it was like, this is just this is beyond what's oh, realistic. So they they must have a you know, where they can plug is it in or is it ready? Yeah. They didn't pause, meet, come out with something. I mean it was just a continuation and all of a sudden John Carlin was in the lyrics. And you can only imagine what they were singing.
0: This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.